Hey, y'all. Welcome back to the Playmakers Corner Podcast. I am your host for today's episode, Cody Stoffer, and we're going to be doing something very different from what we're used to, right? And, uh, you know, I love getting the opportunity to make new content and expand, but, you know, it is similar in the fact that we have an interview, but it's a change up today. You're used to our interviews with athletes or, you know, um, current coaches at times. But, you know, I think that it's going to be really interesting to talk to a professional from a different aspect of sports. And so if you'd like to introduce yourself, uh, where you're from and what you get to do, go right ahead, man. Yeah, uh, my name is uh, Cody Rosenthal um, from Colorado, uh, Littleton, Colorado. Um, I'm a mental performance coach or sports psychologist. Um, mostly go by the name of mental performance coach right now. Mental performance coach. That's what I have to keep in mind because I had my time at uh, Northern Colorado studying sports psychology. So I have to transition that uh, framing a little bit. So just call me out if I'm using the wrong term. But, uh, you know, mental performance coach and slash and or sports psychology, you know, these are terms that I've only heard recently. I only heard of them once I was in college and past my athletic days, you know, as far as performance goes and uh, in the more intramural side of my life. But, you know, do you mind filling us in on just some of the things you do and uh, some of the things involved with your profession? Um, you know, working with athletes, coaches, teams, organizations, um, all all ages, youth, all the way through, you know, professional athletes, Olympians, um, even outside of the athletic field, but working on the mental side and mental being mentally prepared for different um, issues that might arise. So there's no snowballing effect that occurs if they have a stressful event, they don't keep adding to it. And then that creates more issues as it goes on. So it tries to stop that and help them be prepared to be successful and to achieve their goals and what they would like to successfully achieve. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And I guess, you know, obviously when, when I was growing up, uh, the, the whole like mental side of sports, if you would, for, for me, and I'm sure most athletes was, uh, tough it out, forget about it. You know, it's very just like coach things to say, but you know, coaches, they, they know the sport that they're coaching, but it doesn't mean that they're, you know, a, a scientist of the brain or they understand the brain and how that relates to sports necessarily, uh, maybe to the extent that you do. So, you know, how important is mental game and, you know, mental performance in the realm of sports? I mean, you you see guys who, you know, squat 400 pounds, right? And it's like, that that's cool. But on game day, are you going to be mentally ready? Do you see instances of that or just how important would you stress making sure that your mental performance is up to par to perform to the best of their abilities? Uh, I'd say it's really important to have mental toughness, whatever you consider that to be, because, you know, a lot of times what will, you know, as I was talking about the snowball effect, you know, if someone's maybe not mentally tough, you know, they might drop a pass, they might miss a block you know, a coach or something, another player might yell at them. Now they've already started that snowball effect of worrying. Am I going to miss another one? Am I going to miss another one? Now they're not focusing on, you know, just making the play, just doing what they need to do to be successful. You know, just getting, you know, doing your job. You're more focused on this external issues 
now because it's, uh oh, I don't want to mess up again. I don't want to do this again. Instead of just playing free and being open and being like, you know what? If I miss up, it's a sport. I'm okay, but there's still next play. There's next game, whatever it might be. But learning from it and then growing from being able to learn. Yeah. So, like you said, first and foremost, maintaining the focus at the task at hand. Um, you know, I, I can say as an athlete and a former athlete that that has happened to me. You know, I, I played wide receiver. You drop balls in practice. Sometimes you drop them in games. It's a part of the game. It literally happens. But you're right where it's like, ah, oh, crud. Like, am I going to once you start thinking, am I going to catch this next pass? Then you're not focusing on catching the pass. So I think that that's a perfect example of uh, what you're talking about. And now, you know, all, all you athletes listening to this episode, pencil that down, snowball effect, and try and call yourself out when you realize that you're doing it. But, uh, you know, I think that that's a great thing to bring to the forefront, bring attention to. And, uh, you know, like you said, it's something where, you know, you have experience working with youth athletes, teams, coaches, all the way up to Olympians. Like the the range of mental performance and sports psychology is just such a big one. And I guess like for for myself learning about it recently and maybe for a lot of these viewers hearing about it for the first time, I guess how long has mental performance been around or, you know, sports psychology? Is this a new thing or is it a thing that is just finally getting the attention that maybe it deserves? Uh, it's more of getting the attention that it, it deserves. It's been around probably you know, some people can trace it back way back, you know, around some of the first Olympics is, but I know like there's been studies and different things in, I think it was the 1930s, 1940s with like the Chicago Cubs or different things when it was really starting to kind of gain traction then of, you know, working with athletes and seeing the benefit, you know, and at the time it was still, you know, mental performance or you know the mental side of mental health just in general was still you know oh we don't touch it or we're men so that's not a big issue so it just didn't it didn't get the attention but the studies that they were doing you know with the chicago cubs they were seeing the benefits but they just didn't want to put in the time and the effort you know it was oh it's whatever they're just going to get over to that we're just going to keep playing we're not going to worry about this side of it and and periodic and that's from there you know it's grown into now professional teams have it the olympic committee has you know teams of tens 20 30 people on it uh colleges have it in kind of like their counseling section section um you know for all sports different kind of academy schools if you want to call it that like you have like img academy in florida or some in texas one or two in california you know they're starting to have it there as well where you know to help those athletes because those places are so sport focused first so it's it's been around for a really long time but now more and more as mental health has become a major forefront in people's eyes it's now starting to really blossom and open up which is great to hear and i mean the chicago cubs of course uh you know 
kind of diving into it back then. And then they're like, ah, let's forget about it. And they don't win a World Series forever. So <laughs> until recently when, you know, sports psychology, mental performance kind of makes a return. So maybe learn a lesson from the Cubs if you don't want to go a gazillion years without a championship and uh, don't lose touch with your mental performance side. <laughs> but um, I think that that's awesome to hear just how much it's growing. Uh, like you said, societally, we're I think making really good strides as far as realizing how important mental health is, how crazy the brain is. And I think that that's even more so important for sports psychology, because I mean, sport in society, you know, in your day-to-day life, there's not really a whole lot of things like sport, right. Uh, As far as just like being competitive and stuff. So I guess as as someone who's focused on mental performance and I guess, are you able to attest to like some of the big differences mentally of like a day-to-day person versus like maybe an athlete and why it's better to have maybe a specialist rather than just a psychologist or I'm not disrespecting psychologists, by the way, I'm just saying for this specific task at hand of sports, maybe why it's better to have a um, mental performance or sports psychologist eye on it. Yeah. Um, just because, you know, I've talked to, you know, I've worked in different places where there've been therapists, psychologists, um, things like, you know, professions in that or counselors, and they've, you know, and then they're like, oh, you're a mental performance coach. I'm telling my degree and everything that it's a sports psychology degree, but I don't, you know, I'm not a psychologist, so I don't touch that side of things, you know, that really in-depth, real, real deep emotion. So, like, if your parents are going through a divorce or something like that, that's that's not what I would, you know, what you would want to come for me for. Mine is more the sports-specific side you know, with those issues of confidence or things like that and talking to them, they're like, we would have no idea what to do because we're more focused on a lot more of the deep emotions or like that. I don't want to say trauma, but you could say, depending on what the issue is, the trauma that might lie there, where when you come to a mental performance coach, it's, it's about the sport, you know, yes, you have life outside and we can talk about it and work on that, but we don't go in depth with it. And so that kind of draws more people, more athletes to it because it's, you know, yes, it's still a psychology or like a counseling, but it's not to the extent that, you know, you can still be rough and tumble, but you're still getting the help. You know, that's why we prefer to go by mental performance coaches because, you know, a coach is, you know, someone that you go to for help. You know, you have a fitness coach, you have your trainer, you have your weightlifting coach, your head coach, your uh, offensive coach, your um, DB coach or wide receiver coach or quarterback coach. You know, you have those specific types of coaches. So this is just another coach that you can go to instead of being like, oh, I got to go see the counselor, or, you know, because that kind of looks get looks down upon. Oh, I just got to go see coach. I'm just going to go talk to coach. OK, you know, great that's good. You know, keep doing that kind of thing. Yeah, no, just the way that you framed it and that has bridged the gap for me quicker than almost anything else is it just sounds so much more approachable, right? Because it's like, I'm, I'm going to, like you said, I'm going to coach to figure out, you know, how do I leave this stuff in the backseat so I can drive the car and uh, get it done on Friday night, more or less, or, you know, 
how how are ways that I can, you know, balance what I need to do mentally and be ready, engaged. So that that makes complete sense that it's a mental performance coach, because like you said, you you have a coach for everything else. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so why would you not have a mental performance coach? You have you have the strength and conditioning coach. He's a guy who makes you into a brick house out here. And then you have the mental performance coach who make sure that you're sharp and you're ready to go for Friday nights. Because, I mean, in all of the time that we've broken down film here at Playmakers Corner or all the games that we watched, you know, you can see when players start to mentally kind of snap or or break or experience like a wall of some kind, you know. So I think that at, you could be big, strong, tough. I mean, we've seen quarterbacks that are, you know, three-star recruits or whatever, and then they throw two picks and it turns into three and they're getting sacked and hurried and they're just, they start overlooking receivers that are wide open and stuff like that. So I think that, you know, you could be as, as big as you want, but if you can't focus on the task at hand or you can't, you know, be in tune to the game, that is something that I find a very fascinating that, it can flip on you that fast. And like you said, it's a very, very important thing that gets, you know, just now is getting the focus that it should. But like you, like you were saying, you're you're approachable too. you could still be, because like you said, there's still a little bit of a stigma as far as like, you know, maybe I don't want to go through my entire past for the game on Friday. Right. (laughs) I don't want to like air out all this laundry, but you know what I can do? I can go to coach and he can get me dialed in. So I think that those are all great points. And, you know, I I just talked about this gets me very excited, but kind of turning it back to you and focusing more on you. What was your path to becoming a mental performance coach? Uh, you know, I played football in high school, um, had some injuries, you know, that affected me, you know, stopped me from playing the injuries and things like that went out to uh, get my bachelor's degree. Uh, I thought I was gonna go physical therapy, went and took a class because I had to for my bachelor's degree in sport and performance psychology, fell in love with it, wanted to gain as much information as I could, you know, soak it all up as a sponge, went to different conferences, was talking to my professor, watching videos, uh, you know, things like that, I then went, and uh, then went and got my master's degree in sport performance uh, psychology out in California, you know, and just kind of worked on it from there, worked up with different teams, organizations out there, then came back here once I graduated. And, you know, I've been working out here ever since. Yeah, that sounds like a straightforward path that you went from an athlete to now somebody who coaches athletes. It's almost the same path as every other kind of coach. So there's there's another layer to the uh coaching aspect of the whole thing but um i guess and this is a a little out of order but um you know you you started here in colorado you played here in colorado your sports then you go to california to study this is there like a difference in culture or like i guess maybe not culture but just like what's the word i'm looking for here it's like approach to mental performance or something like like is it more widely a thing in California than maybe here or do you think that Colorado is trending more towards that area I guess like kind of what's the difference when you look at those two different states and their approach to mental performance in sports uh it 
it seems like Cal, I don't want to say California is ahead of the curve because there's several states that, you know, are, are going in that way where, you know, they want it, they're kind of thirsty for it, they're interested for it. They want to get the work in, help the athletes, the coaches want to learn, you know, I've done coaches clinics and things like that. And out here, it's a, it's a slower trickle. Like there are, you know, the bits and pieces where you could find, you know, kind of those successes or those people that want it and are interested in it. But it's, it's a little bit more, you really have to grind to find it where, you know, in California it was, you know, oh, here's four high schools. I'm going to just send out emails, you know, and then ADs and coaches would be getting back to you within a day or two. Yes, I'm interested. When can we meet and talk, set things up? you know, kind of go from there, you know, it's a much more uh, thing of they want, they want the successes for their athletes. And I don't know, I, you know, it could be that it's more accessible out there because there's two, three, two or three schools that have it. So you have a large population of, of people in California that do it, where out here, you know, you just have you have two schools, but one is way down, you know, in Alamosa, and then you got DU, you know, but, you know, so it's not as accessible and it's a, still a very niche market. And, you know, places like California, Texas, Florida, uh, New York, even Minnesota with the hockey, in Minnesota, North Dakota with hockey, um, it, those are those places that, you know, sports become more of their life out there more than here you know they're they're willing to miss church or miss work for a high school football game for the, for some sort or a, for some sort of event you know it's on a lot of tv channels it's it's really big news in the state or in the area we're out here you, know, you don't really necessarily hear a lot about you know the high school sports or the high school things that are going on as much as other states boy Yes, you're correct in that in that sense, as far as just like media as someone who is in the media covering high school football, I could tell you it's it's tough to find things sometimes. And, you know, you, I mean, Nine News has like, I don't know, maybe maybe a two minute segment on like an entire weeks of games where they talk about like three games or something. So that totally makes sense. And that kind of goes back to uh, we, we had this episode where we talked about, you know, Colorado football a culture problem. And just like that it doesn't get the attention that it deserves. And I think that the same could be said about a handful of sports here. Like we talk about this in a lot of different, you know, camps and stuff. Colorado has the talent, but maybe isn't getting the attention or nourishment that it so deserves. And I think that that even extends here to the mental performance aspect where it's like, you know, trying to get more funding for coaches that are even qualified to coach a team sometimes is absurd. Like some, some people who have jobs, it's surprising. I'm just going to leave it at that. <laughs> but you know, for, for football teams to barely be getting qualified, co just straight up coaches, just for what's happening, you know, wide receivers, uh, offensive coordinators, defensive coordinators, head coaches. It's no surprise to me when you say that, you know, just the access to is maybe a little bit higher in some other States, but you know, like you said, it's it's kind of it's moving forward. It's taking the steps uh, moving 
forward and taking slow progress is better than no progress. And I think that having someone like yourself on the show to talk about it, spread awareness about it, get coaches heads turned looking like, Hey, cause there are plenty of coaches that want to find a way to win. And, you know, they're, they're looking for different aspects to try and focus on. And maybe they just don't know that, Hey, a mental performance coach, that sounds like a great idea for just getting this thing moving. Um, I guess like, what are some things that you think could be done a little bit differently, whether that's in like the Colorado aspect or whether it's just in the overall sports aspect, as far as kind of streamlining mental performance, mental performance coaches and how important it is. Where do you think that bridge or that gap can kind of be bridged in some way? Yeah, I'm you know, talking to kids that I graduated with that were you know, in California still, because that's where they live and everything. And, you know, they have some similar issues that, you know, I'm having or I've seen out here where, you know, everybody or not everybody, but a large population thinks that it's just, oh, you know, it's going to be a one and done. Go see somebody talk it over and fix it, which, you know, it's not that. You know, and we don't want you to think it's that. So we tell you, you know, yeah, it might take a couple of sessions for you to get comfortable and really want to and really see the improvement that you're going to do. You know, but you also you have to want it and want to put the work in, too, because, you know, it's a two way street and more people are just like, you know, I just want you to, you know, give me all the information that you possibly can, you know, and then I'm going to leave. And then I expect Friday night to be a great game or Saturday to be a great game. and you know, that's not going to work, you know, because that happens where you work with, you know, you work with organizations and teams and they're like, you know, you just didn't click with the team or, you know, we're not going to use you anymore, whether it's here, you know, California or whatever. And it's like, yeah, you know, it's also the fact that I've only met with them for one hour, like, you know, nothing or, you know, 30 minutes, like nothing is, nothing's going to come out of it because we're still trying to get to know each other. Like, you know, you have to want to bring it in as a part of, your team culture, you know, you, you're going to want to have someone that's around the team during practices and maybe even in the weight room, if they can spare the time or, you know, you allow them to be there or in the meeting rooms and things like that. So they can, you know, they're a part of it. They see what you're going through, you know, that's going to give the players the respect to want to go talk to them instead of just being, Oh, here's some guy that's here's some male or female, you know, guy, girl, whoever is going to come talk to me once. And then I'm, we're maybe going to see him, you know, one other time or we might not see him at all this year. You know, make it be something that's present that people get comfortable with, you know, just talking to, hey, how's it going? Because you don't know what kind of conversation that might spark where it's, you know, someone might now, you know, because they've seen the person around now you've created this relationship and the person's, you know, and that athlete's willing to open up and being like, you know, Hey, I got some stuff going on, you know, and I'm starting to notice that it's, a, it's starting to affect my game, you know, but it, it hasn't reached that snowball effect yet. You know, what are some tools or different things that I can do to help instead of go, you know, and so instead of hitting that snowball effect and going, uh Oh, you know, now I'm not getting playing time. I've, drop the debt on the depth chart. I might not be getting college scholarships or my college scholarships are now getting pulled because I'm not playing as, you know, as good or as much as they want, you know, and they're, they want to move on to someone else. 
you know, so now you're creating this extra ball of stress and it's, you know, you it's too much. You can't, you know, you, you might be able to catch up, but for every couple steps, you might end up falling back more. So you want to try to get ahead of the curve instead of playing the, uh-oh, there's so much ahead of me. How am I supposed to climb this mountain? You know, it's that, there's that, uh, I think it's a Greek kind of story. I don't remember his name, but he's the guy that, uh, like, he got in trouble and Zeus has, you know, gave him, like, the task of every day he has to climb or walk up this mountain with a giant boulder. You know, so he walks up every time and then, you know, he walks away and it rolls back down. So every day he has, it's the same cycle, you know, so how do you break that cycle? You know, get ahead of it instead of going, you know, uh-oh, and now I have a big mountain to climb. I've walked a couple steps. I'm tired. Let me take a break. Now the rocks moved down or the mountain's gotten bigger. What am I going to do? Yeah, before it turns into a catastrophe, and it's like, who wants to do cleanup when you could have just been ahead of the game, right? Uh, going up a hill instead of a mountain. I mean, mm. from from just a point of ease kind of way, I'd rather go up one than the other. So that's an excellent point. And I think that, you know, something that helped me and just kind of understand, I guess, just how like mental performance or mental health works in general, like you're saying, it's something that you have to consistently do is comparing it to physical work. Like, coach, do you lift one time before the season and expect to be stronger? No. No one expects that. You have an entire off-season program that has focuses on, you know, upper body strength, leverage, speed, right? Like you have all just as many, if not dozens more of aspects to think about mentally for any sport, contest, competition. So look at it that way. It's, it's kind of, I mean, am I crazy for making that comparison? Or do you think that from like an athlete's perspective, that's a pretty easy comparison to make? I mean, that's a pretty easy comparison to make or like when I'm working with more obviously on the you side, I always use the thing of school. You know, you you go in for a test or a project, you know, you don't study for 30 minutes to an hour and go, oh, I'm going to ace this. That's not, you know, it's a hard test. You studying for an hour, you're probably going to fail. Now you have a failed test. What are you, you know? What's it going to you know? Now you're thinking, what's it going to do to my grade? What are my parents going to do? You know, do I have to retake it? Do I get, you know, because that's something that kids deal with where, you know, you put in the work, you know, maybe you're only studying 15, 20 minutes a night, but you're studying for two, three weeks when you know the test, when the teacher says, hey, you got a test in a couple weeks, start prepping now, you know, now you're just doing little increments, but by the end, you're gonna be like, oh, I know the information, I'm comfortable enough, you know, are you gonna get it and get an A, you know, that who knows, but you're not gonna fail the test. You're at least going to be successful and proficient in that aspect of it. And that seems to also help them understand where it's like, oh, yeah, I do that with school, too. So why would I not do that with this thing that I love? Yeah, no, that's that's actually a way better comparison because it is a mental thing. So that's that's even better. And see, uh, you got you got those comparisons on deck. And I guess, you know, um, like you said, you've worked with. Uh, youth athletes, but I don't know if you kind of want to take us through your story as far as, you know, maybe 
some some things that you have worked with or like maybe some sports or, you know, just maybe a little bit more about uh, I don't want to say portfolio because that's not really what it is. There are people that you care about. But for lack of a better word, uh, kind of just your experiences, your personal experiences through uh, mental performance and stuff. Yeah, I mean, I've worked with. Um, uh, police explorers for one. So they're youth that are that are in this program that some police departments do that work with, you know, that their kids that want to go into law enforcement. So it's kind of like the prep for that kind of like an ROTC is for the military. It's a little bit like that. You know, I've worked with the uh, an ROTC, a couple ROTC programs. I've worked, you know, football, uh, baseball, softball, a dance team, a cheerleading team. Uh, I've worked in the video game realm with esports. I've um, done soccer, lacrosse, uh, some track athletes, some a little bit with some golf athletes, you know, kind of a little bit of everywhere. <laughs> yeah, lot, lots of experience and uh, lots of uh, carryover. And I, I'm assuming that, you know, despite this wildly, you know, kind of I've been everywhere, man, kind of thing that you've experienced. I mean, you still see similarities throughout all of these things as far as mental performance goes. And I mean, you you can almost like take things from each activity that you've helped with and almost like apply it to another situation or, you know, have plenty of transferable skills, too. Oh, yeah. You know, I've been in, you know, I've been, th you know, I'll be thinking about it like, oh, I got this going on, you know, this session with this team or whatever, with this organization, um, you know, so now I'm. You know, so I'm planning something and then something pops in my head for something else or, you know, over here. Oh, this would be good over here, too. You know, and I could change this and do this. You know, so a lot of the things it's it's very transferable. You know, it's very fluid because a lot of what it comes down to is what's going on with the athlete or the team. You know, the topic is the is the fluid piece. But the thing that might not be as fluid is the individual, because each person experiences something different or has issues or stressors that are different than everybody else. So it's, you know, it's you want it to be very individualized and working on what they want to work on and what they're struggling with, because if you're not doing that, then you're you're wasting everybody's time. You know, if I'm talking to an athlete about, you know, confidence but they're really really confident athletes you know i've now just wasted 45 minutes to an hour of their time you know now they they're not going to want to have anything to do with me because they're like they just wasted my time and took you know and i paid for that why you know and it, i didn't get anything out of it you know it didn't help me you know i just heard him talking the whole time or you know because i wasn't intrigued and wanting to gain anything from it and wanting to be successful in that point yeah, and, and it's like you said, it goes both ways earlier where, you know, you you are trying to help them. So you want to help them with something that they want help with or from or what have you. And so it's up to them to tell you what their focus is as well and what they're looking to gain. So I think that that's a great way to bring that up. And I think that that's awesome with all this experience. And man, I'm just so glad to have 
someone like yourself and, you know, this emphasis on mental performance, taking a step forward here in the box state, taking a step forward here in Colorado. And I guess, you know, what are maybe some some goals that you have, whether it's for the entire state or just like for the culture of Colorado that you hope to be a part of in the realms of sport or, you know, mental performance in sport? Um, Really taking the strides of you know, being able to differentiate you know sport from individual because you know if those those athletes get hurt you know in sports their life you know now I don't now I feel useless or whatever where you know you still are a person you know the sport is part of your life yes but it is not your whole life so understanding that there's that differentiation there because you know and you as an individual you have so many other interests or things that you enjoy or you find success in and or happiness in you know so kind of letting those lights shine as well as the sports side because you know when you're in sports and you're doing you know it's 365 all the time you know you get lost in that so really working on the individual perspective of it and being you know and growing individual you know men and women into just successful people you know because these skills aren't just skills for you know working you know for the sports realm you know you could take them outside and when you're in school or at your job or you know different things like that or later down the line you'll be like oh yeah i remember talking about this you know let me you know let me go back to that kind of thing or find a YouTube video or a podcast or whatever it might be to help me kind of understand it a little bit more in depth if I need to. And I think that's a great goal because I mean, there's a point in every, every athlete's career where you're not going to be playing sports anymore. Unless you're Tom Brady, that guy might literally play (laughs) until he ends up six feet under. I, I still can't tell you about that guy, but outside of, uh, whatever science experiment that is, I, I mean, every single athlete, whether you're regarded as the best to ever do it in, in Michael Jordan or whether, you know, you're somebody who just played up through high school, there's there comes a day where, you know, you can still play for fun. Like I play recreational sand volleyball these days, a far cry from high school football, in my opinion, as far as fun and stuff and comp competitiveness of course but there comes a day where it stops and what what do you have at the end of that what are you still and so i know plenty plenty of athletes even in my age group and i know especially in in older age groups where once that day comes what do i do now what what Mm. is my personality even like there's nothing else that i know so i think that that is a very commendable vision and goal for a lot of athletes and one that a lot of them can hear and every athlete, there's so much more to them than just an athlete. And, you know, it kind of goes both ways, not only in the, what do I have left if I'm not playing any more way, but also for athletes that are in the moment that are just so, I mean, I see this all the time and I'm sure you, you've seen it too, where it's like, oh, I'm, I'm a great athlete. And that means that I'm invincible and I can do anything. And it's like this unnecessary, almost like kind of, it's, it's the inverse, right? Where it's like almost toxic. Because they're yeah. so consumed by the sport that they don't see anything else and they think that there's no flaws to them because they're so good at a sport. So it's it's definitely a dual-edged sword there and one that I think doesn't get discussed enough. 
to, to be quite frank and something that I don't think about too much. And I'm glad that you brought up and is something that is your goal, because, I mean, I feel like when it comes to the realm of sports, a lot of people will say wins and losses. Right. Like, yeah. you know, if a coach gets hired. Some coaches might say, oh, my 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 biggest goal, my one goal is to make a state championship. And I know that, like, in my coaching philosophy and I'm so grateful to you know, the program that I was in as far as sports coaching, where when I drafted up my philosophy is like my philosophy is to try and make these athletes, you know, the best people they can be. Like you were saying, the best men, women, whoever to come out of a program and take these skills, uh, whether it's from the gridiron, on the court, off the court, from the bench, whatever lessons were learned about who they are as people or just how life works. That is the ultimate goal. And so. I think that hearing that just like solidifies my my gut feeling about what you're trying to do and just you as a person and coach that this is what we need in Colorado is this focus on not necessarily, you know, well, to an extent what's happening on the gridiron, of course, but what's happening after that, what's happening outside of that, outside of the lines. And yeah, I just want to say, uh, Thank you so much for, you know, bringing all of this to to our attention, bring this to our audience's attention. And I kind of want to just give you the floor real quick to see if there's anything else that you'd like to add on. If there's any way that uh, you want to be found for people to come out and ask more questions, potentially, as far as, you know, what you do. And, uh, you know, if there's anything else that you want to tack on here, uh, go for it, man. Yeah. Uh, one thing, well, I, when we met, you know, months ago and we were talking, um, I was, you know, just how we were talking, you know, that now, especially, you know, with these high school kids, it's a lot of, you know, seeing what the other kids are doing in your, in your class, you know, your, your graduating class and how do I reach up to that? Or, you know, um, the, the really, probably annoying up to this point that a lot of people hear is you know trust the process and that cliche yeah. because <laughs> you know you have you know because you know just because you're in a, you know you're a good athlete or whatever on a team you know your scholarships might come a little later and that's okay you know but you still have to keep working you know because everybody sees you know because again as you you know we were saying you know, you see those top, those four, those five-star athletes in the state, you know, on the news, they get those, those scholarships, but you don't see that, maybe that two, three-star athlete that's grinding every day in the gym, in the weight room, at practice, you know, maybe getting work outside, you know, getting some really good work at some of those facilities that are out there in this state, you know, and those are the athletes that, you know, those scholarships will come, but it's going to be at a later date. But everybody's like, what do you know, deer in headlights, what do I do? I haven't gotten my scholarship yet. Everybody else is getting scholarships. I feel left out. You know, now again, you're creating stress, creating that snowball effect. I was about to say, it's just a different, it's just a different snowball coming from another angle that you're yeah. not looking at. <laughs> exactly. And you're creating it yourself instead of just focusing on what you need to do to be successful or what you need to do to help your team be successful. You're you're now focusing on that person that you know you're you've never ran into in your life and you're probably never going to run into but because they got a college scholarship you now feel like you you're less than them or you're lesser because you haven't gotten one yet 
I, I remember you bring, I appreciate you bringing that up because I mean, you're exactly right. And it's just, it's just one more thing to lose focus on. Like, but the crazy thing is, is that it's not something that like you're letting an outside force do this versus like, you know, you drop a pass. It's like, I know how to catch a football. So mm. you could just go catch a football. This I can't control how many offers, for example, Braden Dorman has. I can't control how many offers Luke McAllister had. I can't control. I can't control how many offers Arch Manning has. Right. Like, because some some people will pay attention to the entire country, which is just like like you said, it's ridiculous. Why are you doing that? What, What are you hoping to accomplish by looking at how many scholarships A, B and C has when you should just be focusing on YOU? So, yeah. um, th- yeah, that's just one more layer of focus that can totally be lost. And, you know, it's something that there's athletes, whether it was last year, this year, the year before. I mean, it's been going on forever since since the dawn of college scholarships. And, you know, it's one of those things where. Yes, you and I understand as students from universities, schools expensive. OK, we yeah, get that we understand that you're working hard. Yes, a lot of people are doing that. It's a very understandable plight. However, once the game starts, you got to focus on that. Or, you know, once the off season's going, you got to roll with that. Like, just address the task at hand instead of worrying all the time and missing things. You know what I mean? So that's, I'm so glad that you brought that up again. Spoiler alert, listeners. I didn't just invite this random guy onto our show. I had a conversation (laughs) with him uh shoot was that a few months ago i want to say yeah i think so it was like two hours of just talking sports and mental performance so you know i i was just so intrigued fascinated and amazed by it and everything he had to say that i was like we got to get you on the show we got to get you on the show and spread this information and just help out with these tips and you know even this advice you know this is just the tip of the iceberg as far as you know ways that cody can help because i mean like like he said, he's seen so many things. He's been through so much experience. He's learned a lot, constantly learning. It sounds like lifelong student going to a bunch of coaching clinics and conferences and what have you in that regard. So, you know, constantly improving his mental performance in helping mental performance, which say that like five times fast. But anyways, <laughs> um, you know, he's just so, so helpful. And he has, you know, an entire tool belt and he wants to be able to, you know, lend you these tools to be successful. I think that, you know, these are just a couple of examples that we've used, whether it's, you know, like you said, dropped passes, whether it's looking at grades and working out and comparing that to mental performance, because I mean, there's just so many aspects that go into even like uh, football is our go-to here at Playmakers Corner. So just using a single play, you know, if you're on offense, the snap has to go right. Everyone has to know their blocking assignments. The receivers have to know their routes. The quarterback has to know the routes. Read the defense. What's happening like from there? Maybe acknowledging outside factors, but not being, you know, completely entangled in them and let them bundle you up to understand how the ball is going to get to where it needs to go and how the play is going to go. So just like that on like an individual level, there's a bunch of things that you need to do to be mentally sharp, physically sharp and emotionally sharp, too which is kind of entangled in that mental performance a little bit as far as, you know, keeping those in check and being able to perform. There's just so many levels and layers to this. And I I just had such a great time 
conversing with with him and going through the formalities first, of course. But, you know, learning all of this from Cody. And I'm just so grateful that you've come onto the show to share a lot of these things and uh, share it with our listeners who I think, you know, even after this interview, however long it ends up becoming with with the editing or whatever, um, it's it's a bunch of things that are now being thought of by athletes and coaches, hopefully alike in programs that just understand that there's so many levels to this. And I'm so grateful for your time coming on and talking about it. I appreciate it very much for allowing me to come on. <laughs> and and I I mean, I could totally ramble on for hours and talk about every single uh, sports experience I ever had. But, uh, you know, I think for you, looking back on your athletic endeavors, is there like a moment where you think back and like, man, if I knew now what I knew then, uh, whether it's, you know, going through like just the high school process or becoming more than an athlete or what have you that you've learned on your journey to becoming a mental performance coach. Do you have like any, oh, kind of moments or aha moments that looking back, if you knew then what you knew now with all of your experience and everything that you have learned and studied would have maybe helped you out with any situations? Uh, you know, I could think of, you know, one, you know, going back again with the conversation of, you know, kind of focusing on kind of what you need to do is, you know, when you have a bit, you know, big rivalry game, you know, the, your big rivalry school, you know, and your coaches are trying to hype you up, you know, the coaches are saying, you know, well, this team's doing this and this team's doing this and, you know, they're doing this and we're, you know, we're doing, you know, we're, we're this and, you know, well, they're working harder here, but we, you know, we're working harder here instead of worrying about, you know, what you need to do. You know, it doesn't matter what they did on practice on Monday. You know, if, you know, if maybe they watched film, film all day and you don't know that, but your coaches are saying, you know, they did this and, you know, they worked on this pass and they did this drill and they were planning for this. Okay. You know, but what did you do to get better for that game on Friday? You know, what is the building block for Monday to Tuesday? You know, because it what you know, because the the coaches are there to, to help you along the way, but also you know that could be a a hurt fit a hurtful motivation because again now you're putting it on well what are they doing instead of you know what are we doing to get better you know because you know they're like oh man you had a great practice you know they didn't have a great of practice as you did maybe that's true but looking back you know you get to the game. And, you know, I'm thinking about the, you know, get to the game. And so, you know, the very first play, you know, my team, we received the ball. Boom. Got the ball, fumbled it. Kickoff. Fumbled the football on the kickoff. The entire team, deer in headlights, what do we do? You know, instead of worrying about, you know, how do we perform better and do the little things better, we were looking big picture of, you know, this is a rival. We have to beat them. You know, why can't we focus on what we did on Monday was great, but let's work on what we do on Tuesday to make Monday better, you know, to make each day more successful, to get to the goal of what we want to do. Yeah. And just having those like verbal checks is, is a nice thing that you as a mental performance coach can just be like, Hey guys, maybe we shouldn't talk about what the other team's practicing. Cause I mean, like you said, once you receive the opening kickoff, it doesn't matter what happened at their practice that week if you guys weren't on your stuff. So uh, I think that that's an excellent example from 
uh, your personal experience and, you know, one that in, in your time, whether you've seen it again or will see it again, something that you will probably stumble across another coach doing or have stumbled across another coach doing almost for sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because, I mean, <laughs> football is a little bit slower to change than some other sports from what I've seen. <laughs> Wing T, but, um, you know, <laughs> but uh, like you said, uh, staying focused on yourself and uh, what your squad is doing. And, you know, just like that duality that you have in mental performance where it's like addressing the team, but also addressing the individual, like you said, because every individual is going to learn differently. They're going to hear differently. They're going to act differently. So, like, just that dynamic is something that I don't think is almost focused on enough, especially, you know, with with football and team sports, because it's it's one thing it's, if it's like, hey, um, you have your position coaches, but if you're a wide receiver, they're working with like five or seven other athletes at the same time, right? So you don't really have that like, is this coach going to be able to figure out what makes me tick and how long is that going to take? And is that going to be in time to make plays and win football games? Right. And you could say the same thing about like uh, basketball to say, or baseball is a big one because I mean, there's like a, a dozen pitchers on any team. So, you know, like you said, your experience in baseball is even more emphasis for that because, you know, yeah, I, I've seen lots of different walks of life go up to that mound, but you know what they do from there is up to them because I mean, especially from like a pitcher standpoint, it's, it's almost like you first the world. Um, so being able to find that individual help, but also address an entire team and see, you know, what is the rest of the outfield doing? How can we do this to kind of help out this aspect of the game and whatnot for our team? You know, still that sense of self identity, whether it's with the team or with yourself, being able to kind of focus on both those things is, something that I think sports has going for it that, you know, maybe on an individual societal level, you don't really experience as much with that multiple focus. Definitely. You know, you become more, you know, the group project is, you know, in school, you know, we're all working on to get this, but you know, and and the grade is shared, things are shared, you know, it's not, you know, you do, little success you know your successes benefit the team yeah exactly so i think that's just another dynamic that i find so interesting about mental performance and things that you've talked about so far both in our very first meeting and in this interview and uh i'm so glad to be educated and you know i'm really glad and hopeful of uh the listeners and you know i think that the video quality has been pretty good on this skype on my end so yeah. um you know, may, maybe even video viewers uh, take away from this. I think that it's super conducive to not only the Colorado football culture and sports culture, but just sports culture in general to have these kind of informational things. And I think that, you know, you've proved yourself as just a, a great source. And uh, I just want to give you the time to kind of uh, plug yourself a little bit here and maybe some places that listeners or viewers might be able to find you. I know where, but maybe they all don't. Yeah, uh, I have a Twitter uh, at Code Red Perform One is uh, my Twitter. I have a website, uh, coderedcoaching.com, and I have an Instagram. My Instagram is uh, Code Red Coaching underscore is my Instagram. You know, so those are three major part major places to find me. You know, um, my website, as I said, Code Red Coaching has 
you know, my email, my phone number, and then just a place, you know, ask general questions or anything, you can do that. And then, you know, it sends it to me. And then, you know, I can communicate with you from there as well. Perfect. So plenty of places to reach and plenty of places to find even more information than uh, I, I don't know what else you need to know after <laughs> after this interview. Well, at least in the broad sense. Uh, but anything after this, uh, you got to get more specific. And uh, Cody, thank you so, so much for taking time, joining us on the show and, you know, getting getting to know us. And maybe we can uh, as long as your work schedule is maybe not too busy, maybe I can drag you out to a uh, game on uh, Friday night. And uh, we could kind of talk just football and sports for a minute, but we'll see and look ahead to that. that. (laughs) I'd enjoy that. (laughs) But, uh, you know, if I don't, then that's a good sign that you're too busy. And uh, these listeners actually follow through and uh, are getting mentally stronger and mentally tougher (laughs) or whatever you want to. It's called a thousand hundred million different things. But, uh, you know, for for Code Red here, it is mental performance coach. Thank you so much, coach, for joining us. And. yeah, thank you so much for for your time. Thank you again. I appreciate it very much. And that was Cody Rosenthal of Code Red Coaching. Make sure to follow him on all of those social medias, and you will be hearing more about him in the coming weeks, especially the month of October and for the rest of the season. So just keep your ear to the ground on that. Go ahead and check him out. But I've been your host, Cody Stoffer, on this episode of Playmakers Corner, to which you are probably listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Anchor. If you're listening on one and prefer another, go ahead and check us out on there. Follow, like, subscribe, whatever you got to do to get notifications for all of our latest episodes being out. Or if you want pretty graphics and announcements, go ahead and check us out on social media. We are at Playmakers Corner on Instagram, where we post Games of the Week, episode covers, Playmakers of the Week, etc., etc. We also are on Twitter, at Playmaker Corner. We're on Facebook, Playmakers Corner. And we're on TikTok, posting highlights from games that we attend from our Games of the Week there on a somewhat regular basis, as well as other content that will be coming out. So go ahead and check us out on all of those. We're also on YouTube, Playmakers Corner. And we're also on Twitch. Go ahead and check out some of our past Twitch streams, Playmakers Corner. But I've been your host, Cody Stoffer. And until the recap on Tuesday, I'll be seeing you.